Hey everyone, thank you for your continued support of the Call Out Culture podcast. Um, please, if you do like, uh, subscribe, rate, and comment, it really helps us out. And uh, share it with your friends. Tell everybody that there's a real good new hip hop podcast with people talking about rap and stuff. All right, thanks a lot. Now on to the show. Welcome to Call Out Culture with your hosts, Alaska, Kelly Castro, and Zilla Rocker. Today we are joined by Blueprint for a discussion on capitalism. Here we are back again. Call Out Culture, the podcast, the movement, like Dipset and G Unit with Shablam. better fitting with better fitting Shablam. shirts and pants. Um that's Curly Castro talking over me with incredible ad libs once again. Shablam. Um, that's Shablau, aka Curly Castro. He's here. He's not gonna run away out of his house and leave us high and dry again. Um he's gonna be locked into West Philly for the whole show, he promises. Uh my name is Zilla Rocca. I'm in South Philly. I got uh I think I'm gonna watch the Golden Child on mute while we do this episode. I think that'll be the movie I, I do this week. Um, and then I have Alaska. In what part of New York are you officially in? Like, like I am in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, you just in Brooklyn. I in, yeah, I'm in Brooklyn, in the Kensington section of Brooklyn. The Kensington section. Do you know there's yes. a Kensington section of Philadelphia? I do. I, I have many friends in the Kensington section. I used to spend yes. a lot of time there. It you is, would have the, many friends there. <laughs> it's, yeah. the, it's the gentrified slash heroin capital of the, of the United States of America. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent time there in the 90s, so I don't know if Ooh, the yeah, you know has happened since. It has. But you know the heroin spot. Yeah. You know the heroin. Yeah, yeah I mean, yes. you know, it's it's definitely where I spent a lot of time reading. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then last but not least, from Columbus. Is that where you are right now, Prince? Columbus, Ohio, yes. presently? Yep. We, yep, yep. We have, we have probably our most... Our most prominent, our most infamous, to quote him, uh, the most uh, magnanimous rapper, producer, writer, podcaster, blogger, just gentleman, property owner. Um, what the Rebirth fuck is this guy Mantronics. Do? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tom Slasher, Adam Smasher. You know what I'm saying? What y'all talking about? Blueprint is on the show. Holy shit, we got him. We did it. Word, word, word. We got him. I think I'm done, right? I'm done, y'all. We did it. Keep going. You can keep keep showering him with the ill titles. Well, no, I was gonna say I've I've reached my pinnacle with this podcast and shit. We got we got print on there. I think we just cancel it. I think we're good. I think we're good. Shut it down. It's over. Well, what are we talking about tonight? Well, the reason we brought brought uh, our good friend Blueprint. because outside of being a dope ass lifelong rap dude who's mastered all facets of of the art form, he's also like me in Alaska and potentially Castro. He is a uh, a a homeowner and a person that has worked and understands the value of work and currency and money and choices and the new approach of making people feel bad uh in the woke culture twitter world of being a quote-unquote dirty evil capitalist no my god you can't be that anymore so 
we figured instead of just asking Blueprint, hey, let, let's talk about Marley Mar. Let's talk about, you know, Slug. Let's talk about, nah, man. Let's talk about money, cash, O's, money, cash. No, we're not talking about the ladies. Um, we want to talk about this this current trend that he has seen, like we have seen, where all of a sudden making money now is forbidden and it's a dirty secret and everything should be free and no one should have to be a millionaire, a billionaire, and so on and so forth. So that, that's, that's to, the main topic. I want, that's to, what I, I want to contend I'm not an anti-anti-capitalist, so I will be the hostile witness of tonight's episode for sure. <laughs> Very good. Nice. Very good. So I guess let's start from the beginning where how do we think or believe this capitalism is evil? Like, where did this start? Because I, I just feel like it's I a can very, tell you. very recent. Go for it. Uh, I believe, personally, I think like uh, social justice warrior, uh, they, they've infiltrated hip hop. And they don't really know the, they don't really know the ethics of hip hop, though. Like they like, look, like me and my homies talk about it, about how activism is like the new mixtape. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like the new SoundCloud, like social justice is. Whereas before, 10 years ago, everybody hit you with the mixtape or the SoundCloud link or the SoundCloud click. But if you go to Cat's profiles now, 80% of these rappers got activists up there <laughs> and on, on a profile, right? And all, the, all they do all day is retweet whatever Huffington Post says they should be mad about. You know what I'm saying? So mm. you got... I mean, hip hop has always been conscious, right? It's always been yeah. socially aware. Yes, sir. But it, we ain't always we ain't always just been chasing around anything that's the hot button issue of the day. That's not hip hop, and hip hop has never been anti capitalist because hip hop was created so that poor kids could actually get out of poverty. You know what I mean? Like that was one of the appeals of it, having something to do to where you wouldn't be fucked up and broke for your whole life, get paid to do something you love, and you look at the generations of of inner city kids that hip hop is actually given careers to now you got this whole social justice element and these fake activist rappers who are making people feel guilty about making money <laughs> straight 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 <laughs> like that straight like that's that. just my that's just how <laughs> no, i feel about it bro. So it, reminds, it reminds me that that uh that jizza line when he said okay. saying, i ain't a black activist on a so-called scholar's dick he was just like, yo, right. that, that, that shit is crazy. I mean, look, look, he was saying that. Look, don't get me wrong. I'm never one to really support any, like, you know, soapbox preacher this, 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 that doesn't have any uh, authenticity to it. Like, I'm telling y'all, man, it really shocked me when I found out Al Sharpton is a snitch. He was an agent. Yeah. Yo, that's yeah. I never even liked Al Sharpton, Brent. Like, I always thought he was a huckster, but not to be an agent. Like, goddamn. Yeah. Like, you reporting on Jesse. Come on, man. Yeah, they so, got the oh, they got the files on him. <laughs> he got the files. They got him. <laughs> they got him wired. It's documented, bro. And listening to him, man. So I mean, look, I I'm, I'm definitely against you know people trying to just warp into the game using activism, you know, as that portal. And and yes, because even I get caught up in the retweet culture. I had to slow down on just retweeting everything Sean King was putting out there. I had to you know research and. Not just the call to yeah. Your man, yeah. Talcum yeah. X. Talcum X. Yeah, yeah I'm straight on him. That's, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's Talcum X. But at the same time, y'all, I'm, I'm also, you know what I'm saying, I hold them to the fire too. Like Tariq Nasheed, I don't agree with everything he says. Like any yeah. hot button cat, Umar, you know, Dr. Umar, you know what I'm saying? I go to, I go to war with them just the same. But yeah, my thing is, I just don't think that, I think we're just losing the forest for the trees when 
when people are anti-capitalist, quote unquote, sometimes they just don't like the negative byproducts of capitalism. Of course, people want to make money. Nobody wants to be out here, you know, ass out and broke. But I, but Z, Z knows this. I hate money. You know what I'm saying? I hate that we need money. I hate even having money. And it's weird. And I kind of live that way. And it's kind of stupid and silly. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but there's certain things that are just, you know, like I was talking to my friend earlier, $20 can break a family down, like $20. For real? That, 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 there's got to be something inherently wrong with that thing. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't like having to need money either, but I look at it like this, like, do you want to be fucked up in America or do you want to be fucked up depending on the government to take care of you somewhere where you have no chance at, so, at upward mobility? We got, that's how I look at it. Like, I, I don't praise the system like, oh yeah, but I do understand that at least we got a shot. We ain't got no guarantees, but mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. would I rather be fucked up here? Because $20 in America is still more than $20 in Russia. You know what I'm saying? Or in, in Venice, Venezuela. Or in El Salvador, Venezuela. You know what I mean? You're in Venezuela right now with $20. Right. Yeah. You're a king. Yeah. That's you're just worth $2 million. That's $2 million in Venezuela right mm -hmm. now. They they over there eating zoo animals, bruh. Yeah. It's fucked yeah. up in Venezuela. Yo, yo, did you read, did anybody read about that stuff where um, in Venezuela, they're so broke and fucked up because their economy flipped in the last year where the crime is so low because there's nothing to rob. See, look at that. So they'd be sticking people and no one had anything on them. So it's like safer than ever. Well, but it's still, but technically it's still the most violent place ever because they can't even afford to keep cops out there. Because they can't eat. Yeah, they can't eat. Yeah, like, like they literally are eating zoo animals in Venezuela, bruh. I get it, man. I just, but that, again, that's this, this root of all evil type shit on me. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, I mean, but also capitalism, to me, the division, the gap is, 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 is somewhat vast. You know what I mean? Like sometimes for real, man, some of these cats don't need this much money. Like, let's be real. You really going to spend it? What you going to stack it and sit in space? I'm not saying don't get your, your, your eight, nine figures if you can't get it. But at the same time, like, I'm, I, 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 you know, I did philanthropist that you have to turn some of it. You know, so why do they have to turn it in, though? No, 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 like, not they obligated, get it not, no, 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 oh. don't get me wrong. It's not an obligation. It's just at a certain point, I think once you can track out, all right, my generations will be taken care of. All right, boom, like, because I know you're going to get a tax break for it anyway. My friend said, I need to start donating clothes and I don't make shit, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, well, you know, the thing about the thing, though, is like once you get uh, the, the best thing I heard about is like money is not about making money is how we keep score. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So when you look at a Bill Gates type level motherfucker, it's not that they need the money, but they not going to just reset the scoreboard to zero just because they won by 50. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. The game is over. They're like, nah, we gonna we want to keep score because if they don't keep score, how do they get up every day? Like, we keep score. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a game. The money is just a symbol that everyone can keep track of the scoreboard with to them at that level. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. I, Alaska, I want, I want you to, because you, you've said the very similar things to me, at least on text, where you said something along the lines of like, woke is the new indie. So, you yeah, know? I mean, I, I've just been listening because it's been a good conversation so far. But a, a few things that, that I tend to think, and this is something that I've come up on in the last two or three years in my thinking, is that you guys were talking about Venezuela, right? How it's basically gone in the shitter now. 
And that was completely a state-run country for a long time. They controlled the economy. They controlled everything. So once that game is over, it's over for everybody. Whereas in a capitalist society, everybody has a chance to make their own money, make their own freedom, and they are less dependent on a state. When you become dependent on the state, the state becomes the all-powerful being to me. Right. You and- know. So, so we're having this conversation right now, like who should be the more powerful? Should it be corporations? Should it be states? I don't think it should be either, quite honestly. I think it should be the people. Um, you know, we live in in a country where things are a little tilted right now because we're in the middle of a tech revolution. You saw the same thing with the industrial revolution, right? You had basically what were considered like the the robber barons, the people that controlled the economy from the the economic side. Right. Um and we're seeing that again with the tech culture right now. Yes. But that doesn't mean that you switch the whole economy up because you're tricked into this idea that it's a binary decision. It's either capitalism or it's socialism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can have a system that works for everybody. And the system that's more likely to work for everybody, the way I see it, is capitalism. I don't trust the state. I look at the state right now and I see a state that is in complete and utter chaos. You have mm-hmm. Donald Trump in in the presidency. So yeah. that's the state. That's who you're trusting. Yeah, that's you have a right. Congress that doesn't work. That's right. the state. That's who you're trusting. Has, you I have mean, military adventurism the- all over the world. That's the state. That's who you're putting your trust in. So to me, these are the things that these people are vouching for when they say they want socialism. Right. I also don't think they're actually preaching that they want actual socialism. I think it's a catchphrase at this point. I don't think they I know what they want. want. I think they know what they don't want. And they say, okay, money, cash, uh, woke. I totally agree. I totally agree. Money cash woke. That's the name of that. But I I think ultimately you also have a lot of young people. Okay, so let me let me let me let me jump on that. Hold, let me just finish one thing. Mm -hmm. We can Mm -hmm. all agree that young people aren't the best barometer for setting your national agenda. Hell no. (laughs) I mean, when we were when when I was twenty two, twenty three, shit, thirty three, I was a goddamn idiot. And I think we could all sort of agree that we all were. We didn't have any real understanding of the world and what it meant to exist in a world beyond our parents' house, even if we were out of the world for a few years. Yeah, I want to jump in. Yeah. And when I was 20, I wanted it to burn. I was ready. I didn't have no weapon training, but I was ready to hit the front lines. I was reading every book I could. I was burning through information. You know what I'm saying? So like, what I find refreshing about, you know, at least the, the, the so-called woke culture is there's at least a charge of the youth. Like when I see Ferguson and things going down, those are young cats in the front. Not us old fogies no more, arm in arm, chanting, we shall overcome and all that other bullshit. It doesn't work. So, you know, if if, if all these things goes in cycles, the youth do have to become, you know, more, hesi- um, more heavy in the, in the movement. Like I just bumped into my cat, my man Gabe. This cat I went to, well, I was in college, I was older than him, and I seen him come up through. And this cat is an activist. You know what I'm saying? He used to try to rap, but now he is an activist. And... We had this park up the block from us called Malcolm X Park. And this person put a petition in to say, I want to rename it. It's, the, it's getting gentrified. It used to be a black neighborhood. Now it's getting mixed. And now they're talking about we should call it Christopher Columbus Park. Because I you know, like it's it, so my, my thing is, like, I do admire that there's youth in this movement. But, you know, youth are wayward and shit. Like, yeah, it seems cool to be woke. I don't even know why they call it woke. When I was young, it used to be called getting your consciousness. It's just a catchphrase. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, they they well, they stole it from the conscious community. At yeah. one time, they used to make fun of the conscious community. You know, this occurred and yeah. like yep. calling them woke and hotep and all that. But yep. if you look at them now, yeah, they steal <laughs> everything from the conscious community. 
every Indeed. issue they're talking about is stuff that the conscious community was talking about five, 10 years ago. Well, maybe there was a call to action with them with the Parkland thing. Like when it, when it becomes equalized and they're catching bullets too, it shakes them up, you know? So, you know, about, you know, we can, we can mention match. See where we at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would like to add on to like what Alaska was saying that like, I don't truly think the people who are advocating for socialism like this, one, I would say that they're typically looking at it as a way to get bailed out of their their status as at as losing. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we're already lost. We want you to bail us out of some shit that yeah. student loans or otherwise. That's yeah. one. But then two, I don't think that they've truly done the history on socialism worldwide. They don't understand Chairman Mao. They don't understand Pol Pot. They don't understand Hitler. They don't understand any of these leaders who study Marxism for Castro, yep. right? Yep. And they don't understand what happened when these when these nations who were capitalists and prosperous chased all the capitalists out, hung them, killed them, took over the industry in the country. You know what I'm saying? Like China is really the only country that has managed to pull off socialism and capitalism, but I, but there's a lot of people who had to die right. behind that. Right. And it's now a police state where they, they right. watch you in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you are under surveillance at all times in yeah. China. Right. Yeah. All right. But then, but then I also believe that there's, you know, it's my namesake Castro, but like some people don't want to be in Cuba and some people do. Like I know a girl, she was in Philadelphia. I went to college with her. She was struggling here, single mother. Then kind of disappeared. I didn't know where she go. I used to, you know, somebody you always bump into on your daily paths and stuff. All of a sudden she called me up and sent me a message through Facebook talking about, I'm in Cuba. I'm a doctor. We striving down here. So it can work, you know what I'm saying, if the people are dedicated to that. But I don't think we should do anything drastically here in the States. Yes, I believe socialism is just a catchphrase. You know, most people don't do yeah. knowledge at all. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. It, it's also sort of a mirror, a mirror form of populism for MAGA and Trumpism, right? It's sort of the, the same approach of people who feel helpless. They feel that the world has gotten away from them and they want somebody to come in and save them. And make things right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's 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 sort of giving up your own agency. But when you talk to people, they also think that they're going to be indie rappers still, or they're still going to write for their <laughs> blog that they write for. Like they don't understand that that when won't it comes exist to the to the means of controlling the state, the state controlling the means. They're telling you what to do, and they're also going to tell you what music comes out. Like people, people, I've had this conversation with, with a lot of indie rappers who are like pissed off about the way the system is. And they don't understand that the fact that they even exist and have a market and have an audience is because they are in a capitalist society. There is exactly an agency and a lane for you to go and find your own place and you could find your audience. You might not have the biggest audience and you might not have, you know, the cars and the cribs and, you know, all the success that you think you have. But you've also made a conscious choice to make music that appeals to like a thousand people. Yep. So I don't think if we move to a different type of economy, suddenly that's going to change everybody's opinion on the music that you make. And suddenly everybody's going to come to your side and be like, oh, shit. Pacemaker G is the fucking biggest rapper in the world. No, you you won't you won't have a market. No, you won't be making music at all. No. And and the conversation won't even exist. No. And and as somebody who's been in China, yeah. go ahead and watch MTV and tell me what you think of the music over there. If you think that music is the way that the music industry controls the the sort of 
major media right now. Go over there and check that shit out. That shit is all like Hallmark commercials. Yeah. <laughs> like every single song is the same goddamn song. It's like a woman walking around with a shopping cart and dreaming about some guy she saw. Oh shit. Like that's every fucking music video. You can't you can't get no gunplay videos out there. <laughs> no gunplay. No, you can't get any hip hop. They banned hip hop. Yeah, they they things are, yeah, things are sensitive. So let me ask y'all this. Let me ask y'all this. And um because Print brought it up in the sense that to catchphrases and things have been swallowed and gleaned from the conscious community. Do you feel like we're wasting a conscious phase by them misusing the terms? Like back in the day, our conscious phase is important. You know what I'm saying? I include NWA, Karis One, Public Enemy. You know, it was important for us to say those things when those things were happening. So now that things are happening, but people are misusing it, calling it woke and just, you know, sign of the times. Do we think we, we might miss a boat for when the cycle changes back to something else and nobody wants to hear the shit? I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with people using phrases like that my problem is really the whole industry underneath this and how being woke is being used as like social political currency for people to get ahead and get noticed when actually contributing nothing to the communities that they claim to advocate for mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's my biggest pet peeve i don't care that a 17 year old thinks that no one should have a gun that's what you're supposed to believe at 17 right you're supposed to believe all guns are bad. No one should own guns. Let's take them from everybody. Right. You know, but but I think once you have an industry now of people who are who are monetizing woke culture and, and, and it's creating this whole industry of like grant funding being controlled by the same people that you claim you're protesting against. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know what I'm saying? It, it's it's like this whole thing is it's 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 out of control. Like you have woke celebrities who have done nothing like mm -hmm. a motherfucker will compare a motherfucker will compare d-ray to uh uh gosh i'm going blank right now uh, the, the the black black right black writer yeah i'm like <laughs> yeah, yo, he's, so none, he's, he's he if you only if you don't understand any of this shit will you compare d-ray to baldwin why right only right, right, right right gay is that really it like there's no other parallel one rode, rode Ferguson just like Sean King did. They both took the Ferguson thing and exploited it to right. be like these people we look to when we want to figure out what to be pissed off about. And they really are, are offering zero solutions. That is true. I'm not big on a, on a problem pusher over a solution. The thing is, how often yeah. is Sean King wrong? I mean, he's all the time. Like all the time. You know what's funny? And it, 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 okay, this is a skit joke. Sean King looks so much like Chris Broussard, and they're wrong about the same amount of time. <laughs> Chris Broussard. Like, Chris Broussard would bring up, uh, my sources say, his sources always double back on themselves, and they're like sources talking to each other, telling them the wrong shit. And Sean King has that same, you know, fail to success rate. So, yeah, that's Man, my parallel for the I'll take Chris Broussard. Yeah, I'll take Chris Broussard over Sean King, though. Because at least Chris <laughs> Broussard knows he's black. <laughs> well, he talks about the Bible a lot. <laughs> he just, no, Chris Broussard like, just, right just started Bible dumping recently. That's like last nine months, ten months, when Kevin Durant went oh, to the Warriors. Yeah. When he, Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, and he was talking about their spiritual ago. brother. That, all right, sorry. Three years uh, 30, ago. There are 38 months he started doing that Bible dumping. He wasn't talking that before. So... Can, can I actually mention something? Because we're talking about like the problems with world culture, right? And sort of 
I see it more as like a grievance culture because that's what we're living in. It's beyond woke because you could look at you look at like the hard right Twitter. You look at um, you know sort of woke Twitter. Twitter. It's all the same thing. It's basically finding a grievance and using finding a way to weaponize that grievance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, to me, the problem with that is that when you start trying to weaponize it, you turn everything into a weapon. So you turn somebody like making a social gaffe into the height of racism. When you have something mm. like Ferguson, you no longer have that sort of sense of outrage among the population because everything is racist. It's the most racist thing. It's the same thing like when you look at Mitt Romney. They looked at Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney's a Nazi. Like, yeah. You know, Mitt Romney, I don't agree with his politics, but he's not a Nazi. Then you no longer have language to describe Trump because you've called everybody else a Nazi. It's true. Right. Well, so, and the one that right yeah. now, the current one yeah. I see is every, everything is privilege. Everything. Oh, so yeah. If I, if I turn on my faucet because I'm white, well, because thanks to my privilege, I was able to get drinking water. Mm-hmm. That day. And you're a white guy. You're not allowed to have water. Well, <laughs> like, but the thing about the big thing about the privilege explosion is, again, you know, it, there has to be a hype. Like I, I, I use explosion. I'm going to use it twice. There has to be a hyper explosion of awareness so people can become aware of what is actually going on. But but here's the difference. Here here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna say yeah. to you. Here's what I'm gonna say to you. With that, uh-huh. there's a difference between awareness and bullshit, and bullshit is more prevalent because bullshit is endless. It's an endless supply, where anyone can say anything, and roll with it because it can't be verified. So bullshit can be, like I said, well I had running water in my tap. Well it's because you're white. Because you have that privilege, you don't even know your privilege. But that's the same. But it, but it's also the same justification. But that's as, bullshit. All right, but that's the same justification that's been flipped in the last ten years of why the black guy did it because he's black. Of course he did it. So now that it's being flipped, where you know privilege is the reason. Yes, you have to suss out what is real and what is not. But it needs to right. be hyper visual. It needs to be um, you know screamed out because so many people have turned a blind eye. My, my main thing is this. My main thing has always been this. Even when it's on television, even when you can see it with your eyes, people can find a way to justify. The term, he was a bad guy anyway. What the fuck does that even mean? So I think sometimes What do you we mean? Like in, in what instances? All I'm, the I'm time, just any, ju- like any we... justification of any uh, black person being killed by any um, authority of law can be well, justified be like he had, with it. But he, 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 had a, he had a weed in his ashtray. You know, yes, thought, yes. You know, disabled right, kids. They, look, look, look I'll, I'll use one, one real quick. This white officer went after her ex-boy, well, went to the wrong apartment and shot somebody in his apartment. And of course comes out, he had weed in his ashtray. Had nothing to do with anything. So my point is, it has to be over-contextualized so people can stop with the bullshit on that end. I don't think it's the solution, though. I don't think that I don't think that like doing that is a solution. Like my problem with the privilege conversation is that it it almost presupposes that black people are automatically this Don Tra- Don Trouten, fucked up, uh, poor, poverty stricken, will never come up people who you can't who who are not affluent, who have not achieved anything, and you can't have these conversations around them because oh you got to be ashamed of what you got as if you know there's people who I have more than who think that they're privileged when they talk to me because we've beat this shit into their head that they're that they think they're privileged, but they don't know I make more than them. I own more than them. 
and they mm. think that just because I'm black, I hate that we we've, we've gotten it to that point that now black is looked upon, which is some racist shit. Like that's the worst conversation to me that you believe subconsciously that that you are superior to me that every because you're white that you're privileged automatically. You're you're too lazy because it's been beat into your head so much that now you don't even look at anything. You just say, well, I'm white. He's black. I'm privileged. Sorry, black guy. You know, mm. I drive a right. fucking Hyundai. You know, sorry, I live it. It's like, motherfucker, you don't have more than me. I'm privileged. <laughs> motherfucker. I, and, and I earn this shit. Motherfucker, I rap. I got tens of thousands of followers. You ain't mm. shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what are, can we just, I don't, I don't like that part of the privileged conversation where it's like, all of a sudden, Everything is privileged. It's like you say, if everything is racist, then nothing is racist. If everybody's right. privileged, then nobody's privileged. You know Bottom. what I'm saying? Bottom. True that. True that. All right. Now, I, I, I want to steer back to the capitalism thing for a second. Ready? Because like you were saying about, well, if everybody's privileged, then no one's privileged. Everybody's, the, the capitalism thing, to me, goes back to saying, we need to destroy capitalism because I do not reap the benefits of capitalism in a way that fits my expectations of money. So we need to tear it all down because I work in an industry where I'm eminently replaceable, unfortunately, whether it's media, whether it's gig culture, gig economy. And because I got a lot more bills than my dad did because he went to college for free. He was a baby boomer. I went to college, it cost $150,000. This, we got to destroy it all because I, I, I should be more well off than my dad, which was the American myth. You know what right. I mean? Like you're supposed to be better off than your parents and your parents wanted that for you. Hence they sent you to college. Right. Um, but it's what, what I see. And it's weird because I, I probably joked to you guys separately or together at some point, like it brings out like, the inner Republican in me that I never knew existed, where I'm like, you actually have control of the money you make. You can do something different. You can work extra hours. You could sell shit. You could go to school to get a certificate in whatever manual labor job that people actually don't want because everyone wants to be a podcaster, reality star, you know, basketball writer, who whatever. Like, if everybody wants that, that means there's less dudes doing sheet metal. And them dudes make more money. And so you live in a system where you can make those choices. Now, you have to make sacrifices. You have to go to school, put up some cash. But, like, ultimately, you're going to get benefits. You can be, you know, be in a union, be your own boss. And I think, like, what, to me, the driving force behind all of this is really just social media. Because these, the timelines, the algorithms, they all are built on complaints and, you know, viral, goofy shit. And that's that's how they're made. Like they are deliberately made to annoy you and to give you a piece of chocolate. So if you start following people that are all aggrieved, you're gonna think everybody really wants socialism and they want capitalism to burn. But it might just be twenty people that are, yeah. you know, highly educated but are making thirty thousand dollars a year and with a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah. And it's like, all right, but it's only thirty, forty people feeling that way like the overwhelming majority of americans are fine with capitalism like it's not even close it's not even an argument no yeah, i'm so vibe with that i definitely I vibe with the um herding of chattel that social media does and the um you know the false signaling and things of that nature 
uh, i.e. the Jesse Smollett uh, fiasco. <laughs> um, you know, everybody just jumping, you know, jumping on the bull, whatever way it ran. So, um, you're like, all, all I know in my real life, in my real life, is people that I go to work every day. That's all I've ever known. Okay. And I've never heard any person in my life, day to day lifestyle, being like, yo, bro, we got to get rid of capitalism ass bullshit and get some socialist shit popping. I've never seen that in my real life. Someone say that. Let me say this. And I agree. And then, guess the same with me. I've always, all my family's work, we all went to school at some point, you know. But like, I, you know, when I read about Marxism, I thought that was the best thing. And now she's being a naive teenager, but I know there's a step, there's a step that just won't work. And that's um, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So whenever we got to move to some temporary despot or whatever you want to call it, they won't want to give up that power um, willingly. And we never grew up like that. We didn't grow up communal where we all eat from the same, we all work the same. We didn't, do, we didn't come up that way. So I can't, I'm not asking anybody to do that, but I am just asking people this to, um, the innate nature of the cutthroatness of capitalism. You like, I know some people, they make money. They had to cut somebody's throat. There was no other way. And there has to be a better way than that. Now, I'm not just being an idealist or something like that, but you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like, all right, who's a, who's a manager on the call? Who's a manager? For real. Who's a manager? Who, who, who has a staff? Who has staff? Oh, who's yeah. Home? Yeah. You have staff? I do. I do. I'm yeah, you do. Okay, Brent, do you have anything in the way in the realms of staff? Uh, no, nothing. You've tenants, though, right? Yeah, I've had tenants before. I mean, I've hired people for for stuff related to the running of the label. Okay, cool. Me personally, I've never really had staff. I've always kind of been at work. So yeah. you, you know, what I'm I've saying? written checks. <laughs> so no doubt. So you know, I'm not saying that my perspective is always skewed, but I know you know Zilla now having staff. I know you have a wider ideal of things of that nature. Like you might have to fire somebody for the company and that, that could be right. a hard, you know, a hard decision, but you know, one link I, and I understand the link, but I've always been a link in the chain. I've never been in the chain breaker. So, yeah, but, but here's, here's the thing I would like to, I want to, I want to add on to that, that like what I think is being lost sometimes in these conversations, like Zillow was pointing out is value. People mm -hmm. are not looking at themselves in this economy in terms of their value. They're looking at it in terms of what they believe they are owed. But mm, it, mm -hmm. you can you you know you can believe that you're owed a uh, a living wage or whatever you want to call it or maybe you're owed fifteen dollars an hour simply for getting a job, but that discounts what capitalism is built on, which is value. If you got a valuable idea, a valuable skill, you're going to always earn more and be well taken care of in the system. A valuable degree, I would add that onto it. But you got people who who believe that they're owed something. And that doesn't jive with the, the basic fundamental tenets of this system that we live in. And I'm not romanticizing it, but the, if you choose to ignore that and then you're 30 years old and you look up and you say, oh, man, I got 100K in student loans. I got a basket weaving degree and I'm living <laughs> with my parents. From Everson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be banging a drum for college loan forgiveness, you know, talking about, uh, you know, Bernie. You're going to be a, a Bernie bro immediately like, yo, because because he's talking that shit that appeals to those people. But I, I don't think it takes into account like what capitalism really is. Capitalism is not just the greedy billionaire. Right. Capitalism. Ca capitalism is me and you and us being able to have this phone call right here because a company decided to create this app 
that we can use to make a podcast. Yes. That that's capitalism. Me selling yep. CDs or tapes for five dollars. That's capitalism. It's free market. Yes, everything in between. If it's yo, not a if you want yo, print, if you yeah. tomorrow were like, yo, you know what? My next album, I'm only printing ten copies. These shits cost two grand each. You, yeah, can, you can do that. And it may cost you a dollar fifty to make that shit. Yeah. And, so what, and maybe out of your twenty thousand, thirty thousand fans, maybe ninety eight percent say, yo, kiss my ass. That's crazy. <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe a hundred are like, I'm with that. I'm with it. Here you go. Boom. I'm breaking you off. Yeah. And that's, that's capitalism. the beauty of it. But but that may they may blow up in your face and you sell one. All right. Then you gotta pivot and be like, how am I gonna pay my bills and recoup this? I'll do something else to earn money. You see what I'm saying? Rather than yeah. be like, no, we gotta get rid of capitalism. I didn't sell the way I wanted to. Yeah. And and there's a fundamental belief that it's a zero sum game that me making money or you making money is taking from someone else. But actually, you having a valuable skill created wealth that never existed. It's not a zero sum game because we like the underground, let's say underground hip hop. It didn't exist until a, a group of 50, 100 artists started making some shit and they started calling it underground music. Yeah, We didn't take money out of the major labels pockets. We not created a whole new market. The major labels still exist. Mainstream music still exists. And despite what most people in our scene tend to think, they didn't take money out of our pockets either. Right. Not until we started fucking with them and trying to get distribution through them. <laughs> <laughs> they made money off of us, right? Yeah, at that point. But they never, like, you know, they didn't give a shit about us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. Now, now I'm, I'm going to throw this at you guys, too. Ready? When, when you talk about, and this is something Cash was saying about, like, the cutthroat nature of it, right? Yes, capitalism is not it, making sure, like, every single person you know, lands on their feet and has, you know, a living wage and a nice place to live and healthcare, right? Like, that's not the point of it. But you have the opportunity to make $15 an hour, you have the opportunity to make 80k in a month doing whatever. But like, I, the, the overarching thing, like I think what Prince said is like, it's like, well, CEOs and billionaires. That's why I hate capitalism, because there's like, you know, Jeff Bezos, I hate that guy, fuck him. And I'm like, but you have Amazon Prime. You use Amazon. Like, Amazon has made everyone's lives doper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who, before Amazon Prime, people would be like, oh, man, I was going to cop that, but it's $8 shipping. Maybe I'll just wait to see it in a store somewhere. Now it's like, yo, give this guy $126 once a year. You can get all that shit in two days, no matter where you live. Anything you ever wanted, you can get that shit. Like, that's fucking incredible. You know what I mean? Like, and so the guy who did that, who keeps doing that, where it's like, all right, he's got web services. He's got the Washington Post. He's got his investments spread out. Like, they're going to get into the healthcare industry next. Because he looks yeah. at that and says, this shit, is, this shit is inefficient. It's fucked up. It's making people broke. All Amazon ever did was, and I used to think, like, oh, yeah, you got to break it up. It's too big. Like Alaska said, this is like the Industrial Revolution. These tech dudes got all the money. But then I was just like, but the prod the products are ill, and people yeah. love it. You know what I mean? If people didn't fuck with it, Amazon wouldn't be around. They'd be selling books out of a garage. The the other thing about that is that people don't recognize the fact that he has opened up markets that never existed for thousands and hundreds of thousands of other businesses. Yeah, who use their fulfillment services. 
So this is creating mm -hmm. revenue streams that would have never existed before for these companies. And does totally. he take a little off the top? Yeah. But he Rightly should. So, but so does, he, so does he any should. middleman. Any middleman yeah. would do that. So that's part of what a middleman is. So, you know. Yo, yo, Bandcamp. Yo, man, Castro can attest to this. And all of us can attest to this. Bandcamp says, yo, here's this dope-ass platform. You can upload as much music as you want. Shit is free. You can build a mailing list. The shit is free. You could sell your t-shirts, vinyl, digis. The shit is free. You look, look it up all your plays. You could do all that. Wow, it's banging. It's free. But guess what? We're going to be taking some of your fucking sales, buddy. Every once in a while, you're going to get a $15 sale, $30 sale, $9 sale. We're taking that whole shit. That's the tax you got to pay because they're providing the platform. They're going to yeah. write about you. They have their own website. They, you know, they, they, they cover music. They've covered all of us. That's ill. And you get more press, you get more, more notoriety, but because it's free to get in, they're going to get you on the back end. And that's just, that, that's just what it is. No doubt. But without them, it's like, what will we have? SoundCloud? No one, no one's writing about music. Nah, man, my space, baby. My space was, was you know. <laughs> yeah, I want to add too that, um, I want to add that like, when you were in a capitalist society, what we take for granted oftentimes is that the progress in America only exists because doing so is incentivized. There's a reason that you see so much innovation coming out of America or capitalistic countries. It's because people know that going to school for 10 years, that, that studying your craft or, or doing certain things or that, that, you know, becoming able to dribble a basketball and shoot it from 30 feet away. If you do that long enough, you can become a millionaire. It's incentivized here. Mm. And, and, and that is something when you take that from the people you you almost hurt their productivity. hundred percent. Right? Like we have a class, you know, we got a class of people here who never would have done what they've done, the amazing things, had they been in a different country that didn't reward it. Indeed. A thousand percent. And like that's and and so the incentive part is what 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 kills me is people again, only on social media, not in my real life, people on social media that are capable, intelligent adults. Who just throw their hands up in the air and don't realize they have any value. And they just say, ah, fuck it all. I'm broke. Fuck everything. Let's destroy this. Because Jeff Bezos is worth $3 billion And how am I going to pay my rent this month? And I'm just like, like you guys said before, well, if you have $150,000 debt because you went to school for basket weaving and you lived abroad for two years and then you decided to move to fucking Williamsburg where your rent is 2400 a month, like, I, bro, I, bro, like you're smart enough to do all these other things, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. And I, y'all are so right, but there still is like, you know, just like with anything, like with nuclear energy, there's a whole bunch of waste. Like, what about the cash app culture? The cash app culture is built on, oh, you got a dollar. I know you got a couple of dollars. And, you know, and we bump into men, men. It send out cash app requests <laughs> for beer. Y'all throw me a, throw me some for a butt. But somebody somebody must think they're valuable, right? Like you got mm -hmm. thoughts out there that are monetizing with cash app. Yes, yeah. Being a thought. Yeah. Whereas before they would have just got stared at. Maybe some dude would have ran up and tried to holler. Yeah. They're like, nah, I'm gonna monetize these looks. They only gonna last about ten years. Bitch, might as well. Fuck it. Get your money, girl. Yeah. Now, Print, let me ask. Let me ask you this. Let me let me ask you this, Print. 
from <laughs> Frank, as you you said it, where you're like, yo, I, I I've written checks. I am the check cutter. I am a I am a boss. I'm an owner. Like, how? What's what's been your viewpoint of looking at? And you've talked about this on your podcast a lot. Um, the employee mindset versus the owner mindset. What? When did you see the shift for yourself? Like when you went from being an employee to an owner, like how did that raise the stakes for you and how did it make you look at people in a different mind, in a different mindset, I guess? Uh, I think I, yeah, yeah. I think I looked at it probably once I got into to real estate and, and, and hip hop, you know, cause it was like when I was in corporate America, I was just like, okay, well, I guess I just got to work more hours mm-hmm. and, and depend on these people to give me a raise and be on my P's and Q's and not fuck up or else I'm done for, you know, I'm stuck. And I was moving at their pace. But I think once I got into, I I resigned and started, you know, being self-employed full-time artist, and then bought my first property. That's when I kind of saw like, yo, this is completely outside of that. And and I have the ability to determine how much I make by what I put into this. Mm. And I can, I can get paid proportional to my value, not proportional to what someone else tells me my value is, mm-hmm. which is what I think most employees aren't missing. It's not that they're not working hard. They're working way harder than, than most people. I don't work harder than anybody that does manual labor. I'm quick to say that, but I'll say this, like the only difference is that I'm able to determine my own value versus someone else telling me that my time is worth eight bucks an hour. Right. My skill mm-hmm. is worth that. And that's it. An, an employee thinks that that's completely okay for someone else to make that determination. But once you start working for yourself or you you own something, say, you know what? I'm deciding how much I'm going to rent this for. I'm deciding what I'm going to sell this for. Mm. That whole mindset changes everything. And then you look at it differently. Like, okay, well, I at least have the ability to control the upside. You know, I may not be able to control the floor, but I know that I can like get out here and hustle harder and my effort will be rewarded Whereas when I worked in corporate America, I was salaried as soon as I got there. So there was zero incentive for working 60 hours a week, but I still right, did it. Right, right, right. Still, still did it. Right. Had to, or else they was going to guilt me or shame me. You, or not you promote thought me. you were getting, like, I, one thing I don't like, and I, you know, I work in um, administrative, uh, you know, work, is like, okay, so they give you PTO, right? But they look at you funny when you take it. Well, I, don't, oh, I, never, totally. I, I never got that. I really, that's one thing that just, just blows my mind. But you, we have it. Yeah. And I, but whoa, where, where'd you go? You on another vacation? Yeah. They did that to my coworker. No, my daughter was sick. Leave me alone. Like, so yeah, there's, there's a certain invasiveness. And I definitely would like to see the other side of that road. And I, I've taken that approach with my merch. But as long as I was giving away yeah. the music, Z knows that. Just giving it away. Here you go. Here, you know, uh, be, think I'm nice. Tell somebody. Tell who? Give me some bread. The best thing we did for it was on Black Friday last year. We put up Mozilla, Mozilla put up a message. Nothing's on sale. Everything's full price. Come to wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. Like, no no hookups. No discounts, motherfucker. And we and we sold good on that day too. People was like they admired mm-hmm. our boldness. So yes, I, I do I, I am a practitioner. I do participate. But I also understand the ills of it. I understand some people's grievances. And I, I definitely mm-hmm. can agree with we got to find some happy medium. Like, I look at Dubai, man. I'm so in awe of that place. It's like, build, they're building stuff from scratch and don't give a fuck. Fucking, uh, fucking Tokyo drifting and shit. 
and tragic, like with, with Jaguars and that, you know, but I'm not saying that there's no worries or any stress there, but we could all do better if we would do it together. Well, I mean, isn't isn't a lot of Dubai built on slave labor? Yeah, yeah. And oil money. <laughs> yes, the last. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the same thing with the World Cup. They're building World Cup stadiums using slave labor. And then yeah. abandoning like dudes them. walk but, across the border. But the funniest shit about that to me is people who are like, fuck the NFL. I'm not watching the NFL because they're evil, but I'm definitely watching the World Cup. Yeah, I think most of <laughs> those people boycotting the NFL never watched it. No, yeah, I, I watched it. And I stopped watching and I was a Jets fan, so I suffered with the NFL. It's just, it's just, I'm not against it. Ugh, it's, it's, maybe it's the people. I just, I, well, I, I, I stopped watching it. I, I stopped watching it even though I was like a diehard Bears fan. And I have a million friggin' Bears shirts, hats, jackets, hoodies. Cause I was just like exhausted with like just who beat a woman this week and then who's like the gross, but like, it, just like the people running it, I was just like, you guys just like creep me out and make me like really sad and I need a break. And then once I took a break, I just didn't miss it anymore. And I was like, oh, but then like the Super Bowl's on, I'll go hang out and watch it. You know what I mean? I just was just like, it was just like stressing me out too much. But now I'm like, it doesn't mean like the NBA is like, the NBA position themselves like, yeah, like we're, we're like, like the hipper, more progressive sports. Yeah, they are. The but, they were like, but they were like, you better fucking stand for that anthem. You better yeah, that, that, that's that. in the contract. That's in they the contract. They got for that. That's in the contract. You know what I mean? They were like, "Oh, you ain't you ain't sitting there kneeling." No, no, no. You're standing the fuck up for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're progressive, but you better stand. And I was yeah. like, oh, "That's weird. That's kind of weird." You guys have that your fucking policy because that Mahmoud Abdullah twenty years ago, they weren't catching that L. So I mean, I, I, I still think playing the anthem at sporting events is weird if it's not a national sporting event. Like I get. At like Olympics and you know World Cups, even like World Series and the Super Bowl, but you know, can we all just agree that the Tampa um, Bay Buccaneers, even though the, the, the <laughs> NFL has suffered it the most, can we all just agree that the anthem is just weird? I, I'm old enough that I remember we used to have to stand and face it, do it in classroom. It just seems weird. But I'm old enough. Then we, but when it was funny, it's like back in the day, we used to just not stand for the anthem at high school, and then no one said shit. Yeah, and after a while, they said, yeah, exactly. They stopped playing it over the loudspeaker, and it was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. But I remember a kid, you had yeah. to stand up, and they used to get on me because I would put my hand on my shoulder and, like, you know, put it there. You know, I'm like, all right. But yeah, it fades itself out. It definitely got corny. The loudspeaker stopped working in my high school, so you wouldn't even get it in your homeroom and stuff like that. Yeah, that. And then they stopped putting the flag. Remember the flag was it got smaller and smaller, and then it wasn't in the classroom anymore. Z, when I went to school, Brand. the flag was huge. It almost blocked the front door when you first went in there, yo. <laughs> it was waving and stuff. I was like, where's this wind? And it got smaller and smaller. It was like a little flag on the teacher's desk, and then it was gone. Yeah, like, like the one the one the one your grandma would wave at the fucking little the little parade on your your town, the little little small joint. They, the they, one you they could buy shrunk right to that. These things joint. used to be almost full size in your front high school lawn. Yeah, oh yeah. No, Yo, I, used, I used to fold the flag. I used to go to go go out on the lawn in my school. Me and another kid, we, we you were on the, we um, let it touch the ground. Couldn't do it. You were on the R two C. Fold it up. You was on R two C. Nah, you just, we were just, just, we just in school. And they just oh, y'all nothing. Put it up and folded everything. I just folded that bitch all. It was real good. You didn't have yeah, uh, you didn't have white gloves. Did you have to wear white gloves? Nah, nah. We were just kids, but we were like we were like real prompt with that shit. Like how you do the corners, the corners. You got to fold it a certain way. You tuck it in. This was dope. Very little discipline. So I, I was talking with I was talking with my daughter like during the school year this year, and she started doing the pledge, and I was like, "Wait, they still make you guys do that?" I was amazed that it was still a thing. 
as a homework assignment, maybe? They no, look just how they in class them. every morning, the same uh, way we used to do it, every morning. Yeah. But the Pledge of Allegiance has a different feel than the National Anthem, does it not? I'm just, I just think it's weird. Like, I don't know. Pledging your allegiance to anything is weird to me. <laughs> pledge your allegiance. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the capitalist, socialist, uh, I'm just like democracy rugged individualism the all the way. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to X-Men Volume 1. The whole charge of major is Vinny Jim Lee, Chris Claremont. That's why I pledge allegiance to Jonathan Hickman. Oh yeah, y'all. Oh man. Well, here's the last thing I want to throw a print, and then we'll 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 get to like our our, our little culture pieces, um, because I I think this shit is zooming through, and we kind of knocked it all out, man. I guess the last yeah. thing is like, what what um, how do you when when you come across your fans being on this fake woke socialist wave, and we've all agreed it's a pretty new occurrence, and it might just be a trend, like how. Do you have dealings with people? Maybe at shows or on messages or maybe in person, like that maybe disagree with shit you said on a pod or because your stance nah. is again very special coming from like I am self employed. Like yeah. I determine my own value. I didn't go to fucking Valparaiso to study falconry for 200,000 years. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm going back. I'm, to my I'm a barista. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, nah, how does that work out? Uh, I mean, my policy since like 2013, 2014 has been to not even get into those conversations on social media anymore. Mm-hmm. I try to avoid those conversations because I don't think they're productive, and I think that they kind of, I think I'm just going to be adding to the noise. Plus, I don't think it's fair for us. I don't think artists are allowed to say certain things that the average person could say. And mm. I'm a, I'm aware of that I think like if we say the same thing that anybody else says, we can get penalized for it as if you know we're not allowed to have that shit to say. So on, I would I would talk about it in person with somebody, but I would never talk about it on social media because you know there ain't no nuance. People can take things and flip it and bounce it, and yep. and and you you just never know what can happen. So I try to if people want to talk about it, I talk about it offline. I could talk about it here because this is long form, you know, mm. and I think people can can understand what we're saying a lot better. And I don't think anybody said anything that I would disagree with on this entire show. Mm. It's just, it's hard to have that nuance on social media. So I try to avoid those conversations. Like, look, leave me alone. Like I, 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 I <laughs> you know, <laughs> like leave me alone, bro. Yeah. I'm just going to be over here doing my thing. If y'all, you know, it's like, I heard somebody say, man, like it, when you're young, you're supposed to be like on all that shit. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, you're, you're you're crazy. Like you're supposed to be super progressive and liberal and socialist when you're fucking 19. Right. But when you're like 40, you're supposed to be you're, you're crazy if you're not more conservative by the time you're 40. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. Mm-hmm. I get that. I, I understand that we all go through our phases. I'm like, yo, I'm just somewhere different. I'm not going to argue with cats about this shit. I'm going to just go out and set an example. And hopefully those who see it will say, you know what? That's capitalism, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it is. That's not that's not evil. That's capitalism too. He should be allowed to earn a living making dope shit that his people support. Bong bong. You see, y'all don't even understand the coded right there. Capitalism too. Blueprint said it. Blueprint too. Jay Z's on the pod too. The ghost of Jay Z. <laughs> S dot Carter. I'm rocking the S dots. No, I'm not because I never bought them. Capitalism. You know, just put that in the bank, baby. I'm trying to tell y'all, man. Here, here's, here's, here's the last thing I want to say about this too. Because, uh, again, like people I, I respect and, 
and think they're really intelligent and cool cats and they're like hip hop affiliated. Otherwise, I wouldn't be dealing with them. But when they weigh this socialist shit and I, and I, and I go back and forth with them or whatever, like I, I come off, like, like Prince said, on the platform as being, uh, for lack of a better term, like, like a strap, strap, pull you up by the bootstrap Republican type. Mm-hmm. And that's not my that's not that's not my affiliation ever. But all I'm saying is like I I I feel like these people shortchange themselves and then rather than take inventory of their lives being like, yo, why am I broke? And like, hmm, what could I do differently? Maybe I don't need to live in the place that is super fucking expensive for no real reason. Maybe I can pivot. Like, you have so many options, and money is a tool. And I feel like cats that are intelligent and have good taste in art and music, I don't, I'm not into that whole, like, well, I'm just like an artsy fartsy cat. You know, I'm just going to be broke forever. Like, I hate that. And, 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 and falling into that default mindset of, well, I'm an artsy fartsy cat who's broke. Let's fucking set fire to everything. I'm like, you're not even, imagining a place or putting in time and effort to be like, I'm an artsy fartsy cat who's broke today. But what about a year from now? What about three years from now? Like how, how can I swing this in my favor? Because to me, this shit is always, there's always opportunity. And you know what I mean? It's like, if you don't see no opportunities for yourself or you can't create it, then yeah, you're going to stay there and wave the flag for whatever's popping at the second. That is of the, you know, like, like Prince, like, like the downtrodden, like, Oh man, we're just, we're just victims out here, man. We don't know what else to do. I'm just, an, an, I'm, a, I'm an educated victim. And I'm like, that's, so it, it's hard for me to get into all of that, obviously, like going back and forth with people. And like, I really try to curb that shit too, because there's, it's not, there's no real point to it. But I want to see everybody I know who's dope at some shit, like thrive off of it in their lives. Like, I don't, I know what it's like to not have money. I know what it's like to have a lot of money. I know what it's like to be on a budget. I know what it's like to blow money and not care. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I want everybody who's intelligent and artistic to own some shit, to be better off than they were two, three years ago. But you can't do that when you're just riding a wave of, yeah, man, you know what? Jeff Bezos, fuck that piece of shit. Turn it all into ash. Let's have a revolution and let's be socialist because 15 people on my, on my timeline all say that shit too. And it's like, I don't know, G. <laughs> like that's, nah. That ain't, that's not getting you bread. That's not. Nah, you know? That's not the wave. Nah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It comes from a place of me being like, yo, I, I, I want to see everybody do well. Always. Yeah. And then people, everyone talk to me. Like, I'm, like, one thing I appreciate about Super Duty Tough Work, you know, is like you guys give out the cheat codes all the time because yeah. wealth comes from generosity. Like, you, it, it, when you share it with people, it's like you come from a place of comfort, being like, I want to yeah. see you thrive too. You know what I mean? I, no one told me these things, but I learned it this way. So I want to give it out. So that that's that's really the only thing I wanted to add before I, like you know you know button up for the, for the rest of this topic because I feel like people that have dealt with me that disagreed feel like I'm on some like <laughs> Fox News sixty five year old man erectile dysfunction shit. If it makes you feel better, I get accused of the same shit. I'm black. They accuse me of the same shit. What are you a fucking Republican bullcrap? What the fuck? <laughs> like no, I just don't. I just don't romanticize poverty or being broke, man. I've I've been on welfare. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom, I remember food stamps. I never want to go back, bro. I never want to see my mama struggling. I never want to have my mom worried about me. I never want my family. I want to be able to pass down my house and have whoever gets it not have to worry about that. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, what's right. wrong with that, bro? Like, that's not Jeff Bezos. There's so much more. You know what I'm saying? And, and and I don't like the fact that, like, like you're saying, we make the guys who are saying like they're like a guy will say, yeah, I'm the broke socialist rapper, so I'm more real than you. Right. Because shut up. It's like, yeah, no way. You got sour grapes, son. That's how I look at it. Yeah. You got sour grapes because you would change your life. You would trade your shit with Gucci Mane today. You would do that oh, shit. Tough. You would do that shit. You get a bad bitch. You're in shape. You're paid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a good life, man. He's happy, smiling. Yeah, but you're not. But you're not gonna go through. You're not gonna go through the prison terms to get that. That echo awareness. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah well, that's a fact. I, I love. But, I forgot about that part. The yeah, whole jail dude. shit. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> you know, that was a, that was a big. That was his big love, light bulb over his uh, Charlie Brown head. Ding dong. I, mean, I I think one of the things that we need to focus on, and I I think I've been guilty of this in the past, is that. When we are having these conversations, we need to see that it, it's bigger than just like woke Twitter. It's also like coal miners in West Virginia. Yes. Not wanting to accept right. that that's a dead industry. Thank you. And that yes. you know, they're not yeah. willing to relocate to find you can money do the some way that people used to. in fucking South Dakota and boy. No, you can, you can get into some windmill energy. I think when you're looking, you're somebody who's looking at it through the lens of like, I'm a broke blogger, we need to burn down the system. But also, fuck that dude in West Virginia who doesn't want to, who thinks he should get paid for coal mining when we don't need coal anymore. They are the same person. They're just different sides of the coin, and they're they're pitting themselves against each other instead of you know having a real conversation of okay, there are a bunch of people in this country that are kind of fucked. How do we help them help themselves? And I don't think you know socializing everything is the way to do that. I think incentivizing them is. You know, working yeah, with you, working with industry to bring people to other areas to help them, to train them, to bring them up. And if that means the government helps out a little bit on that, then that's fine by me. But it's it's getting people to a point where they can become self-sufficient and take care of themselves. Because I think in our country, we like to fetishize certain types of poverty. And that really depends on your on your political leanings. If you're a progressive, yeah. you want to you want to fetishize urban and minority poverty. You want to look at them as, yeah. as special victims that cannot help themselves. And if you're a Republican, you want to look at rural poverty. These are people that are like of the, you know, salt of the earth, Christian types that are just having a yeah. hard time right now because immigrants are coming in and taking the jobs. But immigrants aren't salt, aren't coal mining. Right. <laughs> immigrants are working three jobs and making sandwiches at Subway so they can get their kids into a better situation. While these motherfuckers are waiting for Trump to re bring back coal. So it's the same sort of a mindset coming from two different places and just Indeed. really not looking towards a future that is going to be beneficial for, to them or beneficial to the future generations within their family. And I've always thought of the American dream as an idea of it's generational. Sometimes it's my life, but ultimately it's generational. My parents sacrificed certain things so I could get to a certain place. I have to do that so my daughter can be better than I was. And it has to be a continuation of those types of things. And I don't think people want to do that. No. Mm. No. That's, I would be surprised if these people even had kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think these social I don't think these socialist people even have kids because if you got kids, you're in hustle mode. You ain't in no government like take care of me, well, let's burn it all down mode. You know, I, I, I live I live in Brooklyn and it's a very affluent neighborhood now in a lot of the areas. And a lot of the most affluent people with a lot of kids are the ones that are like super socialist. The ones that can put themselves into school districts where 
because of their real estate or their their zip code, their quality school districts are the ones that are against charter schools in poorer areas that are helping kids because they think those schools aren't fair. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's also a form of protectionism as well for your own shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I'm sort of going off on tangents now, but uh, I have a lot of complicated, complicated thoughts on the issues. Levels, <laughs> levels, levels to the shit, man. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I think yeah. we just need to stop looking at everything like there's one solution. It's either this solution or that solution. Right. Yes. Because ultimately, we end up just not solving shit. And we're just like, you know, it's basically our way of saying we're just going to fight. Yeah, there right. has to be more yeah. of a sense of compromise, and that definitely hasn't been yeah. championed or put on a flag or flown over cities. Let's start compromising. That's not even the talk right now. It's always stayed cl- clash and conflict. So, you know, we're either going to burn the bridge or meet each other right in the middle. So, you know. I ain't burning shit, bro. That, that, that I ain't mean, you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't good with fire, dog. You ain't good with fire, dog. Nah, man. Nah, son. Nah. nah that, I'm not with that. But what, here's what I want to do. Let's let's wrap up with some fucking fly dope shit that we're loving at the moment that we can give our listeners, our friends, our supporters out there something that they could dive into outside of, you know, this real fucking grown man indie fuck socialist talk we've been having for an hour. <laughs> uh, All right. So All right. what do you casual? So whatever culture you're rocking with, I'll, I'll ask, I forget what this segment we're calling it. And we don't is have there, a name for you. Sponsor? It's just, just shit you're State checking. State Farm presents whatever you're checking. Shit you're checking. Jeff, State Farm Jeff Bezos and Amazon. What are you checking? Amazon presents Fallout <laughs> Culture. Shit you're checking. Megalon. Amazon <laughs> Prime. All right. So, so, bang. So, bang. What I think is Mega Live this week right now, that's what it's called. Mega Live, right? Motherfucking. Brought to you by Amazon Prime. Go ahead. Go on. Motherfucking Benny the Butcher's song. I took the money to the plug's house. Produced Ooh. by Alchemist. Yes. This shit is fire, yo. Him and Alchemist, you know what I'm saying? This is like, like, you know, I'm looking at Benny from another lens. This is like, to me, this is like AZ incarnate. You know what I'm saying? He got his own cadence, his own voice, and he can stand on his own, but he got a nice little team with him. And every yes. time he's doing this stuff with Alchemist, even the stuff with Derringer, but this this Alchemist, uh, collabo. I want them to keep it sparse. I don't even think I want him to do a whole album with Al. I want him to have these couple of joints here and there to, to spread out his catalog. But yeah, that's what I'm telling everybody to check. Check that motherfucking Benny the Butcher. Took the money to the plugs house. Took the whole album. The plugs I met. There's a Black Thought feature on there for Christ's sake. Yeah, boy. You heard it here first. Call out Cope. Uh, Alaska, what do you got, man? Um... I'm going to break away from music because this has been on my mind all day because they just got approved for the sequel to this movie. Um, Zilla and Castro know I've been pushing this movie. I'm a big fan of slasher movies. I have been since I was probably like nine years old when I saw slasher movies way too early. Um, But there's a movie. It's on Netflix. It's called Terrifier. Mm, And it's possibly one of the best films of this genre that I've ever seen. Um, It's insanely gruesome it's insanely brutal the the lead killer is on level with freddy krueger as far as i'm concerned uh he's definitely going to be one of the icons if they keep going and uh if you like that type of movie i highly recommend checking it out it has one of the most insane scenes i've ever seen in my entire life but yeah terrifying i'm watching it tonight check it out i'm watching it tonight terrifying yeah 
I'm with that. Print, print. You got any, uh, uh, whatever Casher said, shit, I'm checking this week, brought to you by Amazon Prime? Mega Live. Uh, I don't got nothing new. I, all I got is old stuff. I got, I've been listening to a lot of David Axelrod all week. Ooh, the God right Just, there. Yeah. For those who don't know, you know, he's, he's passed away, but he's got some amazing music, you know, instrumental stuff, kind of like progressive rock. I don't know how you describe it, but it's just good shit. Great to bike to. Print, what, for somebody that's not super familiar with his work, what would be a good jumping off point? Oh, man, I would say, you know what album I, I think is good is that uh, he's got a group called like, what's it, Electric, Electric Prunes, Prunes or something boy. like that? Yeah, yeah that whole... Yeah. Holier you, yeah. Holier you joint, the the yeah. minor, F, F minor or something. The album, yeah, yeah. Because they're like they're like instrumental, almost like gospel records, but it's like some super composition shit. So, but yeah, I, I say start with that Electric Prunes record, and it's got the one that's got the song "Holy Are You." Okay, Oof. I'm gonna check it out tonight. That's, the best shit. That, that's been right. flipped by fucking Premier Royce. Yeah, everyone Madly. that shit. Madly, uh, yo, that shit is. I remember the first time I heard that record in like 2005, and I was like, "Yo, when I die, this gotta be at my funeral. They gotta play this shit." Yeah, Gear by everybody chills. Like I might pop out the casket playing that shit. That joint is crazy. Um, I got I got a couple quick things. The number one dark on Netflix season two. Bomb. It's back. It's back. It's to me the greatest achievement in Netflix history. It is a weird ass German sci-fi show about time travel but not in a corny way and it's very heady it's it's like the wire there's like 40 fucking characters over three different timelines the second season they add even more to it's just they don't give they don't they don't give a fuck if you catch it or not like it's not like walking you through it you can't catch no, you can't breath. so and also also season is fucking make sure wild. you watch it on subtitles don't cheat and watch it dub because the American, the, the the inflection, it could be wrong. Like they looking one way, but they sound another. Don't don't cheat yourself. You know what I'm saying? Be more yeah, open minded. Watching on subtitles, but it's visually like absolutely unnerving and gorgeous. It's like watching like some like soundtracks. Wild. It's it's such a it's such an achievement on Netflix because it's it's something like I would pay money to watch somewhere else if it wasn't on Netflix, which I already pay money for. But uh, musically. There's so much new music that came out, but I've been playing the Screwball album, Y2K. Get out. I bought that shit. <laughs> I bought that shit. Well, Castro, when we were at Brewery Town Beats the other night, I remember I showed it to you? Yeah, yeah, I bought yeah. it for $2 on CD at Brewery Town Beats in Philly. Shout out to Max at Brewery Town Beats. And I bought that, and I bought yesterday's new quintet CD for $2. I've been listening to that so recently. Having... Yeah, bro, the first one. Yeah, it's uh, a good record. And I've been playing them CDs, yeah. right? Angels of, with the Screwball Angel, shit. Angels. Angels with that. Yeah, Dirty Edges, whatever it's called. Um, yep. But the screwball joint, I have the tape still from when it dropped in like 2000. But I bought the CD, but the shit is edited, which oh, makes it out. even more gangster because <laughs> there's bad curses. It's a Queensbridge fucking grimy hood album. And they have a song called Fayban, which stands for fuck all y'all bitch ass and bombs. And hearing that song edited with all premiere sound effects, it's like... Is like the grimiest shit ever. That album is bonkers. It's got Pete Rock, Havoc. What was the single off that joint? What was the lead Fabian? single off that? Um, Fabian. And then they have uh, this song called Hostile. Because mm-hmm. the rapper in the group is named Hostile. There's like four or five of them dudes. It's just a fucking banger. Like Capone is on there from Capone, New Oriega. Nature, um... Tragedy. Everybody is on his album. That was one of the premieres. Nah, nah. Right? They were their own. No? It's like Black Poet. He's in there. Remember Black mm-hmm. Poet? 
I remember Black he's Poet. in there. Like, because yeah. Queensbridge is my favorite like fucking spot for New York rap ever. So playing his album again, I've been playing it nonstop. I was like, yo, this shit is crazy. It is a fucking great East Coast. Even the edited version, that shit goes hard. Because you just fill it in with all the, you know, gangster threats. All right, bomb, bomb. So, you know, y'all got, y'all, got the, y'all got the suggestions. Y'all got the jewels. We want to thank the one and only Brew Pit for, you know, guesting on our humble pod. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Trying to do super duty. He's trying to do super duty numbers, man. Hey, Print, before, before we bounce, is there anything you got coming out or anything that you want to uh, plug? Uh, Not right now. I'm just working on like a bunch of stuff, a new solo record, an instrumental record, and trying to finish a book. But that's probably going to take me to the end of this year to get all that stuff done. But next year, I'm coming out blasting. Blasting. Ooh. You got that two-headed monster. That two-headed monster is out and there. And go get my man's book. Knowledge on prayer. Yeah. Feel me? Go get my nice. man's book. For real. All of that shit. Word you go, yo, go, go, go into me and Castro Chamber. Go with Blueprint Who? Go with Chamber oh. Music. You got to go with all them Ooh, that's the... What? And the Portishead joint, which I have on vinyl. I got the clear vinyl on that front. No, not the Portishead joint. Yeah. No, the Radiohead joint. The radio, the radio head, head joint. Yeah, the radio, yeah I vinyl. got that. Clear vinyl, baby. I need that. You got to rip no, that for me. I'm nah, you, you, you can't get that, though. I'm lacking. You can't get that, you can't get that though. You got to come over here and check that, I'm man. Gonna... I don't leave the crib. Don't leave the crib. <laughs> fair enough. That's a fair enough proposition for in me. In fact, I didn't even got that. I don't even know what we're talking about. What are we talking about? All right, call out, though. <laughs> you ain't got this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely got it. All right, y'all. Let, 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 let me swing this up. All right, so let's uh, let's sign off properly for everybody. Make sure we don't uh we don't forget anything else. I think that's it, man. Capitalism's awesome. The show. See y'all soon. Peace. Everybody peace. Thanks again, Print. Peace. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Welcome.